calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Take 15 podcast. I'm Lauren Foster, and this is the show where we bring you short conversations with some of the top minds in the world. This week, we're switching things up a bit. My colleague, Neil Govier, over in the Hong Kong office, is in the host seat. He connected with his guest for one of our Take 15 on the Go shows, recorded from home over Zoom. Today on the show, Andrew Sheng, Chief Advisor to the China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission. Andrew is highly regarded for his writing on international finance, economics, regulation, and global governance, and is well-placed to have a conversation on the long-term effects of COVID-19 and the lasting impact it will have not only on governments, but also on trust within the investment industry. Will the new normal be the same as the old normal? What lessons will we learn? Let's find out. Andrew, thanks for joining me on Zoom this morning. Uh, just a few questions and uh, a short chat about uh, the situation with coronavirus, I think. Uh, so first question for you, what, if any, do you believe will be a lasting impact uh, of the current situation? And this could be social, it could be financial, or it could be political. Well, I think it's all three. Um, uh, this is a very profound uh, shock to the system. Uh, it exposed all the flaws uh, uh, vulnerabilities uh, of the existing system. Uh, and uh, so um, when people are locked down for uh, uh, probably uh, at least uh, two months, uh, you know, it's looking like two months now, uh, every one of us will be reflecting on our own priorities or our lifestyles, uh, what caused us to, you know, live in this uh, precarious uh, situation, um, and even the, 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 you know, the finance uh, industry will be changed very, very dramatically uh, because of this. In, in any particular way, you thinking when you say the finance industry will be changed? Um, can you give an example of the changes that you think? Well, um, the the present system is a one-way consumption finance by debt issue, irrespective of how you make money. So if you, so um, I'm just using uh, Amazon as the example, right? Uh, um, you, know, you know, as long as I, you know, provide you with goods, you can buy from me. I don't ask where your money comes from, you know, how you earn right. it. Uh, and if you like, I can, you know, you, you, you temporarily want to tide over, I can give you a credit card. Right. Now, you know, this system is a one way uh, kind of sell by advertising system. Uh, but the minute your income is broken, how can that spending continue? So actually, um, it forced me to reflect that this consumption finance by debt model uh, is probably unsustainable. And I've just written a piece, uh, which I will send to you. Uh, it will be subject to some edits uh, on the, the, the contrast between the 
the US system uh, and the Chinese system. The Chinese system, uh, if you really look at Amazon, not Amazon, Alibaba and um, Tencent system, is that it's not only a, you know, help you uh, uh, spend, but actually to help you make money. I mean, Alibaba mm -hmm. is basically connected to half a million SMEs, and that is connected to millions of uh, consumers on the other end, right? So if you, if, you, if you log on to the Alibaba system, you can make money, right? And, uh, uh, and it can be delivered and, and, and you can be paid, you know, rapidly straight into my mobile phone through Alipay. I'm not trying to advertise uh, <laughs> But uh, the Tencent system, for example, together with, uh, uh, you know, these uh, vlogs, uh, blogs, uh, uh, enables you to be paid uh, if you are able to create a service on the internet. Uh, and be paid through WePay, right? Or WeChat Pay, or whatever you call it. So the result is that this is a two-way flow. Now, what happens in a lockdown, right? In a lockdown, if I am able to, you know, go out, and, but it, it happens through the American internet too, but all I'm just saying is that, you know, within the Chinese system, it appears to be much more resilient to lockdowns because most of the people are already on the internet through their you know, 1.4 billion smartphones to smartphone. It's a, it's a smartphone to smartphone economy in which the income flow uh, actually sustains the, uh, the expenditure flow. And which, so, which means that the lockdown does not fully kill you, right? Right. Uh, and, 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 and so if your smartphone then is in future, although it's not completely allowed at this point of time, but you already can do this, you know, buy and sell stocks, uh, uh, manage your portfolio. Uh, you know, why do you need intermediaries? Not, not that you don't need them, but you know, the, the role of intermediation is, 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 is much, much, much more different, right? And so, uh, so, so the, the whole financial industry, which has worked traditionally on a hierarchical system in which everything is clear through the Fed, ultimately in a global system, but domestically through your national central bank, um, you, know, you know, needs to think through how it serves the masses rather than how it actually serves Wall Street, you know, or, or Lombard Street, you know, okay, or the, the you know, the, 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 the financial street in, 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 in Beijing. It, it, it really needs to serve Main Street. Right, so, so one last impact, we'll see the intermediaries um, maybe disappearing as people are forced more and more uh, to just use their mobiles and uh, connectivity just to get the job done. Well, it's not just connectivity, it's actually to trust is the major issue here, right? I think, I, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I think what has happened, uh, as we've seen through the 2008 crisis, was that you know trust was broken, right? When Wall Street serves the interests of Main Street, Main Street people says, you know, I'm going to you know try and disintermediate you, and so you know financial uh, advisors and all this suddenly found that it was not just about you know selling you ETFs uh, or you know just 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 providing you uh, robot advice. It really is about the trust in the system. If I don't trust you, I'm not going to deal with you. And, 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 and uh, you know, you can't keep on selling me, you know, shoddy products, you know, at a commission that you make money and I lose money, right? And all this is, you know, discussed in the CFA 
you know, future of finance uh, uh, issue, that value systems are very critical in this. So, so do you think the current situation will lead to more or less trust in the finance industry, generally speaking? Well, you know, the, the, the industry that people trust, you know, the company that trusts will win. The one that, you know, kind of breaches that trust will fade out very, very fast. Okay. And the reason is that, you know, it was always there. Uh, previously, I dealt with a personal uh, investment advisor, right? Either at a bank or an asset manager. Now, because of lockdowns and social distancing, I have to do it through the internet. I may have to do it through Zoom or, or FaceTime or, or, you know, or, or WeChat or whatever you call it. The point is, at that point of time, I have to make some very, very quick, quick decisions. If I don't trust, uh, I'm going to shift out. Right? And, and of course, as you know, cyber scams are now very easy. Okay, so the, the, the trust element becomes even more important in finance. You know, without trust, there is no finance, right? You know, credit risks, yes. you know, reputational risk, operational risks, all these are about, fundamentally, ultimately, you know, uh, you know about trust. So the, 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 the pandemic basically exposed all the fragilities, the flaws of the old system. And so we need to go back to basics and rethink through this very, very carefully. Well, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting and uh, it'll take a while, I think, to, to settle down maybe into uh, what we're all calling the new norm. Um, can, can I just uh, ask you a slightly tangential, but sort of picking up on something that you were just talking about, you were talking about sort of um, China as an example. And I read this morning that the impact on uh, the China GDP is likely to be um, 6.8%, I think, reduction. So what do you think will be the shape of the recovery? Do you think that's going to be a long time coming? Or do you think that once um, you know, lockdown is lifted, people will just get back to things quickly? So the shape of the recovery, what are your thoughts on that, Andrew? Well, you know, if you, if, if you, if you look at the Chinese you know, 6.8% decline, and then the forecast by Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley of probably uh, somewhere maybe 20% uh, in the second quarter for the US economy, uh, it would appear that the shocks to the Chinese system is less. And the reason is that the lockdown was only for 15 million people in Wuhan and Hubei, even though China locked down maybe half, half its population you know, across, the, across the country. So the, the, the disruption to the supply chain the production chain was, was quite severe. But as you know, the China, because the very draconian uh, lockdown that was imposed, uh, even though it could not uh, stop the uh, 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 spread of the virus, the Chinese uh, uh, economy managed to control the, the, flatten the curve is the word used in the rest of the country, and is now able to gradually open up in mid-March. Uh, faster than the rest of the world. The rest of the world, in fact, is, 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 you know, is still going through the peak. So the Chinese economy you know, is coming up, uh, and you can see the different usage of uh, traffic, usage of uh, uh, cargo, uh, 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 electricity, etc. All these indicators 
suggests the Chinese economy is, 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 is going back, you know, not to normal, but finding that the order book uh, abroad has now either been rescinded uh, or uh, cancelled or, or postponed uh, because global demand has now, you know, shrank uh, quite considerably. Uh, even though medical supply orders are huge, but the rest uh, you know, have, have, have had its disruptions. So as, as, as I said, the, the Chinese economy is facing a very you know, different, and it goes to show how interconnected, interdependent, uh, and interactive we all are, right? No man is an island, no, no economy is an island, we're all interconnected with each other. So, so you, you mentioned supply lines and connectivity now, so do you yes. think we'll see an increase or a decrease in globalization? Uh, in very different ways. Uh, the, the, the point is that, um, in my view, I think people uh, forget that uh, uh, the idea that you, you can shift production to the cheapest labor, the cheapest resource, um, and just in time, uh, that model has been disrupted. So you need a certain amount of domestic uh, production for sure security purposes, okay, uh, risk management purposes. But you can't do this immediately. And let's be realistic. You know, certain components are uh, inputs into whatever you produce uh, cannot be replicated because the expertise, the intellectual property rights, uh, you know, uh, rest somewhere else. So what, uh, uh, what I see globalization evolving into a two-way globalization in the sense that at the, if you really look at what has happened, at the political level or geopolitical level, there is a lot of talk of polarization, differences, you know, you know almost like fighting each other. But at the professional level, at the medical level, at the scientific level, innovation and cooperation has been phenomenal, not just domestically, but internationally, right? The way the doctors, you know, shared information with each other with almost no restriction, okay? And the way people are moving, you know, crowd innovation through saying, okay, you know, uh, uh, I used to be an aircraft manufacturer, I'm going to now to produce ventilators, you know? I used to be a garment producer, I'm going to move into masks, right, and, 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 and protective gowns. So to a large extent, that globalization, you know, some of it may become regionalized, some of it may become localized, it's still going to continue. I don't see, you know, you can stop uh, the globalization of uh, ideas, right, but, it, but there's no doubt that the polarization of ideology uh, and politics would create the, the separations. And we've seen this in all societies. Okay, so um, I think my final question for you uh, in this call is just talking about disruption. Do you think there's going to be any short-term or even longer-term impact on governments around the world uh, when people start looking at the way they've handled it? Oh yes, I think I, I think uh, the, you know the, the my view always is that it's not really about ideology. It really is about the effectiveness of government 
you know, you, you, you talk at the political level of ideology, you know, that's megaphone uh, working. What really matters, as we've now seen, is not how you talk about it, it's how you deliver, right? How do you execute in order to protect your citizens, both medically, financially, economically, socially, during very disruptive times? All right. And, 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 and that conversation, you know, uh, is now ongoing. And, 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 you know, and, and, you know, within different ideologies, right? So, you know, is, is the, is the, is the, the, the model, you know, uh, uh, mass immunity uh, working, uh, like what Sweden is doing, okay? Uh, even though there are a lot of noises that, you know, mass, mass immunity, you know, uh, kills off all the vulnerable, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, people of, you know, 70 years or older, right? Or, or, or those who are ill. Uh, uh, so the, 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 what the pandemic has done is, you know, to change our, uh, our uh, well, actually to expose all the flaws of the existing governance system, irrespective of the so-called democratic or so-called authoritarian, rather it is can they effectively respond, you know, to massive changes. So, so the, 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 the bottom line is this, at the end of, the, at the end of, this, of this pandemic, and it will surely end, what will remain standing is big government and big tech. The question really is, at that big government and big tech, right, what is the relationship of the small man, individual rights, privacy, freedom to compete, all these issues are still questions out there for which each different society will have to evolve its own solutions. There is no one size fit all, you know, let the free market deal with this. The free market cannot respond to the pandemic, you know, otherwise the price of masks uh, and, and, and medicine would be completely unaffordable, right? So, so, so to, you know, so, so we, 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 we are, you know, our previous conversation was too much cast in what I call false binaries. You know, it must be either the state or the market. That's absolute rubbish. You know, what it really is, is that all societies are a mixture of state versus market and market and society, all jumbled up together. Entangled is the quantum word, right? We were all entangled together. And, 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 and different societies may have different emphasis on this, but it ultimately, what may be efficient may be extremely fragile and non-resilient. What may be very immune and, uh, 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 and resilient may be much less efficient. And that's trade-off, you know, and that trade-off is a shade of, a thousand shades of gray rather than pure black and white. And, and, and we all need, and this, 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 this crisis has brought home to us that we really need to start this conversation, you know, not just within our own, with ourselves, with our family, with our community, with our society, with our economy, and, and with different nations.
Right. Well, you, you make me feel as if I'm living in a big experiment. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we're, we're in it, but we're not quite sure what the outcomes are going to be. So, uh, Andrew, I'll thank you ever so much for your, your time today. It's, it's been a great conversation and it's given me great pleasure just to listen to, uh, to what you have to say. Uh, so thank you ever so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and it helps others find the show. Also, a quick reminder, this podcast isn't intended to provide expert advice on the topics we covered. If you need tax, accounting or legal advice, please consult a professional. I'm Lauren Foster. Thanks so much for listening.